Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. happens on WWE Raw happened in real life, this is how your particular life would go. You would graduate and then somebody would beat you up. You'd get your first job and somebody would beat you up. You'd have a birthday and somebody would beat you up. You would have a child and then somebody would beat you up. Because yes, on this particular episode of Raw, it basically went, oh man, I'm a good guy. I'm having such a good time. And then from nowhere, the villain appeared and went, ha ha ha, and just absolutely destroyed them. And after a while, this does get a little bit exhausting, especially if you're like me and you take all this stuff literally because you start going, well, maybe... I should be an asshole in real life, because it certainly seems to be working for these people. Hello, my name is Simon One Culture. Thank you for joining me as always. And you can forget about all of that, because all that matters is this, the finger of power. And did it like Raw or did it hate Raw? We find out by giving the good bits and up and the bad bits are down. So let's do exactly that and up those downs for Muntag Noise Raw. Yes, as already stated, it was one of those WWE Raws where I think the people in charge had watched Empire Strikes Back on the Sunday night and gone, oh man, this is a really good idea. Why don't we do it over and over again? We were also told, why did Bobby Lashley attack everyone last week? Nobody knows the answer. I was like, I know the answer, because he wants a title shot, so he beat up everybody involved in the title shot, because he'd really like a title shot. Bobby Lashley then did come to the ring and say, oh, hey there, I'd like a title shot, so I was laughing straight away. And then MVP followed up on this by going, everybody is scared of his name, which means real life is now going to suck because I've been out there and there's a lot of dudes called Bob. Just as MVP was about to say that Lashley should be added to the championship match of the day one pay-per-view as well, Kevin Owens interrupted him. And in case you'd like a small spoiler for 2022, you bet your ass, the interruption counter is coming for all wrestling shows that I sit down and watch. KO did the whole, oh, you've got to earn a title shot, which is fair, because all Bobby Lashley has done so far is go, hey man, geese title shot, when Seth Rollins interrupted the interrupter for the interruption. There was then some teasing that Kevin and Seth, new program coming to Nickelodeon soon, would attack Bobby Lashley, but of course they couldn't get it together when the interrupter interrupted the interrupter to cause the interruption. I don't know. Point is, Big E arrived and said, look, Bobby Lashley, you're a massive idiot because not only did I beat you for the WWE Championships, but I also beat your ass in a steel cage. So what kind of drugs are you on? (laughs) At that very point, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce 
interrupted, and I cannot wait until 2022, and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Bobby Lashley, you will fight all these three men in singles competition, and if you can beat them all, we'll put you in the pay-per-view. And look, let's be honest, this was mostly fine, but it was also just the opening promo to Raw, and by this stage, I would appreciate WWE having a little bit more fun with it. But again, all the guys are really good. Heard it a hundred times up. Okay, bro was then seen in the back and Riddle still has his 1980s announcer jacket on. So of course, Randy was like, look, son of mine, can you please stop focusing on that stuff and start focusing on the tag team championships? So you know what's gonna happen. You can just smell the turn coming. They then name drop Jackass, and that is definitely a marketing tie-in given what happened on SmackDown, when Randy said, hey Riddle, you're about to fight Omos, why don't you go out there and defeat him? So I was like, he's never gonna defeat Omos. It's a good chance Omos never loses. Then I realized they said Otis. And I felt very ashamed of myself. We also saw Rollins and Owens moaning about this whole Bobby Lashley thing. And Big E was like, well, you know what? I don't really like it, but I'm going to win anyway. And I just want to double down on the fact that these three interacting is incredibly brilliant. They're all such goofs in the best possible way. From nowhere too, we were just told that the finals of the RK Brodement are going to be delayed because there's some injuries. WWE didn't tell us anything else. And it was a bit like they were annoyed they had to tell us anything. It was like, oh, flub sake. Do we really have to cut off fun? Just say it was an injury. Also, calling it the finals is a little bit of a stretch too. We had two matches. And then, yes, Riddle lost to Otis. Although, secretly, I was happy because it meant I was still correct. Sweet. He also got thrown into Barry Barricade because that poor guy gets absolutely murked every week. And the whole time, Randy was just like, come on, Riddle, come on. At one point, he even stripped down to his pants because he was so excited. I'm not joking. That's what he did. But I can't tell a lie. I quite like this. Because the relationship between Randy and Riddle is just so good. And when Riddle was going for the RKO and all the crowd was going crazy, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So, of course, Oh, it was just got out of the way. He hit the big slam and he got the one, don't they? I mean, it's kind of a shame you have to be treated like a comedy character just to get a clean finish on Raw, but there was some eyebrow raising afterwards because Randy Orton went to give the RKO to Otis. Otis pushed him. That allowed Randy Orton to RKO Chad Gable. And then Randy Orton's going like, oh man, I'm a viper. Everything is so cool. So Otis ran at him and smashed him right in the face. So this won't go anywhere long term, but it never does. But I really appreciated Chad Gable and Otis standing tall. So I am going to give it an up. And of course, by the time we get for January, all of this will have been forgotten. I then think I must have died because we had another match and we had another clean finish. And I rang my parents and I shouted out, am I dead? And they said, no, you're still alive. Sadly, I thought that was a little bit much. But we did do another Dewdrop versus Bianca Belair match. And there was no random walkouts. There was no count outs. There was no distractions. There was no DQs. We just allowed, if you can believe it, two wrestlers to have a wrestling match. And Uda Lally, it was good. I'm sure it's not the best thing you're ever going to see in your lifetime, but Dewdrop, despite her silly name, is a very competent wrestler who knows what she's doing. And Bianca Belair, as we say each and every week, is already a super duper star that somehow just keeps getting better and better. We also push the whole, oh my gosh, Dewdrop is so strong, which is why she smashed Bianca with a Michinoko driver. But when she was going for the Vader bomb, Belair got out of the way. She hit a power bomb and followed that with a 450 splash. I, I, my word, what can't she do? And she got the victory. 
and all of this was good. The crowd loved the ending too, as they should have done, and it was a little bit ridiculous because afterwards Dewdropped attacked Bianca Belair. So we're going to another match, and I do not understand why. Well, that's not true. I do WWE. And they are obsessed with rematches, and I bet the next one does have shenanigans. So we do another. But look, we've just got to live in the moment, and right now, I'm feeling fine. Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens was our next match, and we found another way to get a clean pin. <laughs> Make sure your contract is expiring soon. Which is true when it comes to Kevin Owens, but right now, as always, I'm gonna take it. I mean, it was obvious that Lashley was gonna plow through this challenge, but three matches meant we were definitely gonna hit the ridiculous button at some point. And if you do care before all of this, WWE was like, oh, look who's in the front row. It is Olympic gold medal winner, Gable Stevenson, and MVP and Bobby Lashley gave him a fist bump. So I don't know if that's going to tie into anything, but I saw it and now I told you. Owens also went to hit this scent off off the apron, but Lashley got out of the way, meaning Kev just slammed right into the floor and that looked like it sucked. And then Bobby Lashley speared him over Barry Barricade. Once again, I was like, poor Bear, he can't get a break. This was essentially the whole idea of the match too, because Bobby just murdered Kevin Owens. And in around about four minutes, he locked in the hurt lock. And because Kev is a smart tamale, he tapped out straight away. Because he was like, well, nobody breaks this move. Why the hell would I injure myself? And I tell you, while I love Kevin Owens, I thought this was well put together. It had an ending that was going to tie into another ending later on. Because once again, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Big E are doing all the work right now. And they getting it up. I'm not taking anything away from Bobby Lashley. But right now, he just turns up, goes, rah, and beats everybody up. Like, it's entertaining, but you know what I'm saying. Seth was then losing it backstage because he didn't feel like Kevin Owens had tried very hard when Sonya Deville walked up and said, you're next. And then Goldberg appeared from nowhere and absolutely killed him. That bit didn't happen. What did, though, <laughs> is that Veer <laughs> is still headed to Raw. I mean, good grief. So can someone please go and check on Flippin' Veer, please? I think it was October 25th when he started making his journey to Raw, but he's nowhere to be seen. Like, is he lost? Is he in trouble? Can he just not be bothered? Somebody needs to give me some answers. I mean, has he come to my house by mistake? Veer, Veer, are you outside? There ain't nobody there. So he must still be trying to find Raw. Someone just text him. Veer, Raw is going to be at this venue. Please turn up 2pm. Thank you very much. At this point, though, when he does turn up, if he doesn't have the best debut ever, it's going to be absolutely rubbish. Like he's gonna have to come out in a rocket ship or something and go, oh, I'm Veer the astronaut. And I don't even know what that means. It's clear we never had a plan for Veer, however, and you shouldn't start a story without knowing the direction. So it does have to get it down. I mean, at the moment, the narrative is, well, Veer, he took a long ass time to get to Raw. The best part of all of this too, is that if you go on the internet and you type in Veer main event, you will learn that he was on that show. So Veer tried to get to Raw and he ended up on main event because he screwed up. This is secretly the best thing WWE has ever done. Becky Lynch was then out and the very first thing she said was, well, where the hell is Veer? She didn't say that, but can you imagine? She did get a microphone though and did the whole, well, it's quite good that Liv Morgan didn't win the title last week because if she had a done, the fans would have turned their back as you did to me even though very quietly, let's say it to each other, that never actually happened. She then also turned to the audience and said, well, you're nothing like Big Time Bex because you've never changed the game. And I was insulted by that. I was like, Big Time Bex, Becky Lynch, the man. I have changed the game many a time, dating all the way back to the SNES when we had cartridges. I'm 
apologize. I shouldn't have said that. That's a terrible, terrible joke. Liv Morgan then interrupted, meaning if we had started the counter on this episode of Raw, I already would have retired it because I would have proven my point already. And she was all like, well, nobody likes you, Becky Lynch, because you cheated last week. And I was like, Liv, that's not true. I really like Becky Lynch because if you go to her Twitter profile right now, her bio is master of the roll up. When you're that self-aware, well, you just tick the box. And what I was really hoping for here is that Lynch would keep going, no, 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 no. So Liv Morgan would win the Royal Rumble and then win the championship at WrestleMania. But then I remembered I was watching WWE. So instead, Liv Morgan said, I want my rematch at day one. She attacked Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch beat her up and slammed her into the steel steps and said, ha ha, now you're injured. We will fight at day one. And you already know what will happen. Becky Lynch will win. But I did think all of this was quite effective with the major issue just being again, as I've already said, I don't believe there's a chance in hell, no chance in hell, that Becky Lynch is going to lose and that Liv Morgan is going to win. But again, if WWE is going to go by week to week, so will I, and I'll give it an up. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Omos and AJ Styles then made it very clear they haven't been getting on the last couple of weeks. But AJ Styles said, Omos, I love you. Can we still be friends? And Omos said, yes, AJ, we can still be friends. Although by the look on his face, he does not want to be buddies. So of course, they'll be breaking up soon. And then, my friends, we cut to a segment with Dana Brooke and Reggie. And I have to tell you this. Please go and watch it. It is the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. I mean, it's becoming some of my favorite stuff ever because I cannot believe it's real. But we had Dana Brooke and Reggie walking through a snowy park where Reggie was like, oh man, maybe we can go for a hot chocolate and discuss 24-7 tactics. And Dana Brooke was like, oh, Reg, that sounds great. Our truth and Tazawa then popped up dressed as a tree and a snowman, which did the opposite of what a costume is meant to do because they stood up like a sore thumb. And as Reggie took care of them, Tamina, hey, what, no, no, Nobody's Mina turned up and she tried to beat up Dana Brooke. 
But then Dana jumped over this snowy verge, and so did Reg. And I think there must have been a force field around it, because all the three other people just went, well, no, when we can't go over the snowy verge, let's just leave. So I was just dying. I was just dying throughout all of this. I don't understand who wrote it down as an idea. I don't understand how we got to TV, and I don't understand who it's for. But look, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Of course, I'm still gonna give it a down, because it's absolute gibberish, but please, WWE, keep these up for as long as possible, because I could guess for the rest of my life, I would never come up with this. I swear after that, WWE was then back to just pulling names out of a hat to decide what matches to do, because it was Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode versus Damian Priest Finn Balor. The thing is, it was good. Of course it was good. These four guys are so damn talented, it's ridiculous. The only real problem being, when Finn Balor started to get going and was going to win the thing, he just saw Austin Theory on the outside, so went Meh, and totally forgot he was a wrestler. He got distracted. Ziggler sold this a mile away, hit him with the zigzag, and he pinned him for the one, two, three. And it was almost like Balor thought Austin was a T-Rex, and if he didn't move, he'd get away with it, which did not work. And of course, bring down the board, which rolls up to 124. Now, very sadly, we're not going to get to 150, but 124 distractions in all WWE shows in 2021. And let's face it, I probably missed a couple. Theory also ran away taking a bunch of pictures. The good guys looked at him like, man, that son of a Hubbard. I want to beat him up. And despite all the ludicrous stuff here, I did quite enjoy the match. I'm just so bored of that finish, so I shall give it up. Also, I do really like the idea of an Austin Theory versus Finn Balor feud. One of our big plans for 2022 should be to establish Austin Theory as a star, and this is the way to do it. And then Raw got very, very bad. Shucks. It started in the back when Nikki Ash was talking to Rhea Ripley, and Nikki may as well have had self-doubt written all over her face. This was so obvious. And Rhea was like, no, no, you've done so much, so I want to be tag team partners with you. You even beat Charlotte Flair, something I couldn't do. And I was like, no, no, don't script that. This led into Zelina Vega versus Rhea Ripley as that merry-go-round continued, and it will never end. And I kid you not, it went 50 seconds and ended with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up that came after a distraction. I mean, seriously, the entrances and the promos before this went longer, and it was just like a Looney Tune, because Carmella was chasing Nikki Ash, and then Nikki Ash was chasing Carmella. They got in the ring, so Carmella kicked Nikki Ash in the face, and then Rhea Rappi was like, oh no, Nikki, are you okay? And Zena Vega went, all right, well, if you're gonna turn your back on me, I'm gonna hit the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, and she won. I got a real question too. Why would this work? If you are so early on in the match, why would someone be so stunned by somebody else grabbing their groinal region and rolling them up? Would they not be able to kick out? I don't get it. I re you did not have to have this on the show. It achieved absolutely nothing, unless of course Nikki Ash is gonna turn heel. If we do that, I'll be fine with it, but I have no idea. And I never have any idea with WWE. I just know what I watch with pants down. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens were then in the back and they continued to squabble like brothers. And honestly, these two have such great chemistry. And Seth was all like, you didn't even try, man. And Kevin was like, no, I just tapped out because I don't want to get injured. Let me help you in your match. Seth said no, and he walked off. So none of that was much of a shock, and neither was the finish when it came to Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley, because once again, it felt like somebody in the back had gone, I've just read through this script, and we haven't done enough dumb stuff, so we should do it right now. Down. Because yes, as ever, it went around about two minutes, 
and it ended in a DQ. However, at first, this was really smart because Owens attacked Seth, which meant Bobby Lashley had lost, and then these two were skipping around like, ha we did it, we the best. So if this was their plan to take Lashley out of the day one match, I was like, okay, that makes all the sense in the world. WWE undid it instantly. And why? Because out came Adam Pearce, out came Sonya Deville, and they said, no, it's not allowed to end that way. We don't like it. So Seth Rollins turned around, he got speared, and he lost. But I thought the original way was so much more interesting, and you could have even used it to maybe start a Bobby Lashley face turn. And let's face it, the way he smashed through falls, he may as well be a good guy. But no, we picked the path of disqualification. Also, bring down the DQ board, it goes up to 69. And would you please stop giggling, grow up. I also just need to send all the love to Biggie as well, because we saw him in the back watching this. And not only was he watching for the dumbest angle you've ever seen in your life, but he was also furiously scribbling notes and clearly not writing anything. It was so damn entertaining, and I will love him forever. And don't even ask me what happened next, because I don't know. Commander Aziz and Apollo Crews were talking to Vince McMahon when Austin Theory walked in. He was like, Vince, my dad, did you just see what I did? I'm so clever, somebody love me. McMahon told him to shut up, though, because he wasn't impressed and said that he was about to use the worst weapon of all time. And I think Austin Theory thought he's gonna stab him because when he took it out, he went, oh, and he recoiled, but it was a pen and an eraser. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe that ties into something and I've missed it, but I sat there all glassy eyed and I thought to myself, I have no flubbing clue what this is. I mean, maybe he just really likes Pictionary and then it was time for another skit. And look, I'm all fine with skits, but this roar especially just felt like it was drowning in them. And when we did get to hour three, I was like, man, I need the action to pick up a little bit. So when it didn't, especially because it was mid-TV and I had enough mid-TV for the rest of my life, it's gonna get it down. Which was a shame because the content here was actually quite good as we continued to build the Miz and Edge feud, but it just wasn't the time for it. It was also a little bit strange to begin with because Maurice was hosting the show, so she could introduce the Miz who told us he's gonna be the first inductee into the 2022 Hall of Fame. Now, if this is true, nobody deserves it more than him. He's had a stellar career, but I don't know if he's just been a bad guy or if it's real. So I shrug my shoulders and we'll just move on. He also said he's gonna use this as motivation to beat Edge at the day one pay-per-view and send him into permanent retirement. And of course, because someone had just said, I'm going to stop you doing a living, out came Edge or <laughs> he caused the interruption. He went on about grease and squeaking for a while to sum up how annoying the Miz is. And I was like, I don't think that was a very good analogy, Edge. Much like when you played Far Cry Blood Dragon, they were like, ha, 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 aren't tutorials stupid? And then made you do a flipping tutorial. And the short version of this is they started to fight towards the end and the Miz used his wife Maurice as a shield, which then allowed him to hit Edge with the skull crushing finale. Hilariously, Maurice looked livid with her husband after this, so slapped him round the face and walked off. And I was like, oh my gosh, not even the bad guy when he has a friend can keep his friend. Because WWE is obsessed with telling you, don't have buddies, don't have pals, because they'll walk out on you. You better off being alone. But imagine that did happen in reality. You wouldn't want any friends around you because it'd be exhausting. Like, I only invited him round for pizza and now he's mad at me. Rollins and Owens were then backstage again, but this time they were trying to psych up Big E because of course he had his big main event with Bobby Lashley as Big E looked to them like, man, you two are ruining my life. Once again, these three were great. We also saw Lashley who told us that he's going to win and I was like, yeah, you probably will. And I was like, no, you definitely will because that match was next. 
anyone. It was an ODQ match, or at least that tied into what happened earlier on Raw. And as ever, I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again, Big E and Bobby Lashley, when they're in the ring together, just have good matches. And they were using everything here. They had chairs, they had tables, they were trying to murder the other one. I mean, what else do you want from wrestling? I mean, we saw a choke slam through the table at one point, courtesy of Bobby Lashley. When Big E retaliated and threw him into the steel steps, Lashley hit right on the corner, and that looked like it sucked. When they were back in the ring, though, Big E got hit with the spear. So seriously, Bobby Lashley had the WWE Champion beaten, and the only reason he didn't pin him is, of course, out came Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. It didn't help as Kev got hurled through a table courtesy of Big E, and then Bobby Lashley speared Rollins to another one. But in all this chaos, MVP snuck in the ring. He hit Big E with his cane walking stick thingamajig. That allowed Bobby Lashley to hit another spear. And yes, I know, it's a little bit difficult, but it happened. Bobby Lashley beat Big E. Now he's going to the day one pay-per-view. And I will still stand by the fact that I think screwing over Lashley earlier and maybe even teasing that he was going to come to the good side and maybe even teaming him up with Big E would have been far better because when these two were fighting off Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, I was like, well, that feels nice and fresh but we're not allowed nice things. But let's face it, the match was still good, and when they have their main event at day one, it will still be good. So I am going to give it an up, but if right now you're saying to yourself, WWE booking Big E as WWE champion, really, really weird? Well, you ain't wrong. When you do take all of this week's Raw and you put it together, though, it is completely being held together, as I've said about 947 times, by Seth Rollins, Big E, Bobby Lashley, and Kevin Owens. I just find them entertaining, and I'm so happy they're being used at the top of the card. That's why I'm giving it up. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.